1: Welcome to What's the Score? A series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and execute it to perfection. Speaking of perfection, got Mr. Perfect in here, the award-winning, <laughs> bona fide Mr. Perfect Rich uh, Jekyll with me today. Uh, hello, city. Christopher Hart of Hearts. That's right. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. And we also have in here today from Score, David Hyland. Good to see you again, David.
2: It's good to be back. I'm just barely making it after last night. I went uh, went to a party with Air Berlin. Uh, here in town, they're starting service here. So uh, I was going to invite Rich, but I know he couldn't handle that uh, German German type beer. But beer, right these big mugs that are thirty-four ounce. And, <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to the uh, the girl that invited me. Her name is Teresa, and she'll be listening to this show from Germany. So I want to thank, wow. thank her.
1: Okay, oh, man, right. we're that's, going international. That's the beauty of radio today: is you can literally listen live anywhere on the globe that you can get an internet signal. And of course you can always visit archives on the website. Right. All right? Exactly. All right. Orlando.score.org is the website. Uh, we're going to just do a real brief, you know, elevator speech today. You know, most of you know what score is all about, but for those of you who, you, those of you who don't, it is a great nonprofit free mentorship program for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs and people who have been in business all their lives and have a great deal of experience that they're welcome or you're welcome to take advantage of. Yeah, we've made the mistakes. You don't have to. So that you don't have to. Exactly. And uh, of course, it's a nationwide organization here locally. They're located very uh, conveniently in the Orlando Fashion Square and that's where Biz Fest is going to be held. That's coming up this week. This is going to be last call for Biz BizFest, uh, today's show. Yeah, and yeah. if you'd like to find out about that event and every other event that uh, SCORE uh, per, uh, either uh, presents themselves or participates in, you can go to orlando.score.org. And, of course, you can always walk in the door, and who knows, you may stumble into Rich J. There you go, man. I'm there about three times a week, so you probably would. Yeah. And the phone number there is 407-420-4844. If you call during business idea, I, I, during business uh, hours, you might just be surprised to find that you'll get a human being on the other end of the line. Yeah. A real one. And it might even be rich. Well, yeah, it could be. That's right. Or it might be David. Who knows? It, it
2: could be. I, I'm I'm there almost as much as Rich these yeah. days because there's a lot of things going on at NEC. I don't know
1: it's, how you get around because everywhere I look up, and there's something going on. There's David Hyland with his that, camera. Right. I well, know. I was just at
2: a, just at a, with meeting. Just at a meeting with uh, friends of the show, uh, Diane Diaz, the brand teacher. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, Belinda, Br- Belinda Brown was a guest uh, just recently. Yeah. So she was a presenter, and uh, they said we, we love... Say hello to Rich and Chris because we love being on the show.
1: All right. <laughs> and we love the fact that you folks out there are listening and telling your friends and family about the show. The audience is growing, and we really do appreciate that. And uh, once again, this is Last Call for Biz Fest. That's coming up Tuesday. Tuesday. May the 9th. And you are invited. And, of course, David's going to be there with his camera, right? Oh, yeah. We'll be doing video production stuff there,
2: The the... the the Pitch Fest and also the panels will be recorded. The uh, Pitch be, Fest is like? The Pitch Fest, of course, is like the Shark Tank thing where people right. get up on the stage and uh, pitch their company for valuable prizes. I think $2,500 for right. the first uh, prize for yeah. two,
1: each of two categories. And dinner
2: with Rich Jekyll.
1: Oh, uh, man, so, I yeah. didn't know that. I well, well I guess you've got to cool. take the poison with the gold, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway. The, McDonald's, uh, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> i got a great story about that one day, I'll tell you. Uh, anyway. uh it's, uh as I said, it is free. It starts at noon, goes to about 8 or 9 o'clock that night because it culminates with a cocktail party, which is a great networking opportunity. You'll be able to network all day long. Yeah, all day. There'll be breakout sessions. What, yeah. What's going to be your task that day, Rich?
3: Uh, I'm going to be one of the speed counselors. Okay. Uh, we, I forgot to say that, that we have speed counseling there, so you can sign up for it. And it's a 20-minute session with a counselor. And then if you need more, then you make an appointment there.
1: Yeah, so you'll be able to meet Rich, and then, of course, we're going to be doing a live remote broadcast of my other program, Uh, The American Adversaries, but we'll, of course, be uh, focusing on the event and score. Interviewing people. Yep, and somebody's going to be there as a representative from the National Office of the SBA. We're Mm going to try to get them on the air. And so it'll be an interesting show, and if you want to come out and see how we do the show, that's an opportunity to do so. All right, so that's May 9th. Go to orlando.score.org to pre-register. It is free, but they would love for you to pre-register. That way they are... Ready for you when you get there. You got it. Yep. But if you just want to walk in and maybe stay just a little while, you're welcome to do that, too. Starts at noon, Orlando Fashion Square. Just park in the parking garage, and you're
3: right there. Hey, you know what today is? What? David. David?
2: It's Star Wars Day. Oh. Star Wars Day, May 4th, right. man. May 4th. We, we just period. heard that from our friend Jalen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, and let's get on to uh, the guest today. Uh, money bags he, yeah, that's right uh and, and uh, some of you folks out there have heard of this man maybe even read his book or seen him on tv uh because he like uh, david highland he kind of gets around <laughs> all right so uh and by the way he's the kind of guy that you want to know if you got a business that you want to get up and running because he's the guy that's got the pockets mm-hmm. all right Deep. so I wa- yeah i want to uh, reintroduce today uh chris hearn good to see you again chris thanks for having me guys all right. And uh, what, what happened to your arm there? You, you supporting something going on? Uh,
4: yeah, I had a little uh, testinal Testage issue. On. I was in the hospital oh, a week and a half ago. Glad <laughs> it
1: works out, all right. Glad to see you're out. Yep. Um, now, uh, just a little bit of background. Uh, are you from this area?
4: No, I'm actually from the Midwest, outside of Peoria, Illinois. I've been down here, though, uh, 19 years. So uh, I'm pretty much native at this point, I think.
1: And you're an entrepreneur yourself.
4: I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had several businesses. Serial. <laughs> I like restarted, cereal, huh? uh, Yeah, not, not the stuff you eat, but yeah. no, we got, we got <laughs> it. <Right>. In, other <laughs>
1: words, in other words, you love being uh, in business for yourself.
4: I do. I do. I like to be in business for myself. I like to help other business owners. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's what gets me up in the morning and hard charging.
1: <laughs> and that's what his business is, right, Rich? I mean, Exactly. Helping other businesses, but not necessarily. That's why
3: he's here, to help other businesses.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, because you are, as we said, you're the man with the pockets. Uh, you're a, a direct lender. And you say, what exactly is a direct lender?
4: Well, we're we're a non-bank direct lender. We lend nationwide. We only finance business owners, and we only finance them when they're buying their own commercial property, because we think that's a tremendous wealth creation strategy. Mm. Uh, We don't work with a lot of brand new startup companies necessarily, but once they've proven themselves in their marketplace, it's time to stop getting their landlord wealthy and actually start, uh, you know, basically uh, getting some equity and appreciable asset like commercial real estate. It makes tremendous sense. Most people can still own their real estate for far cheaper than they can continue leasing. So um, that's,
3: that's what I do. How long do they have to be in business or there's no, is uh, it random?
4: Yeah, no, there's there's no uh, there's no restriction or anything like that. Um, I've had people plenty of times, they've heard me on a radio show or seen me on TV, read an article or whatever, and they're so excited they want to own real estate. And I'll tell them, well, you know, where, where are you at? Well, we're pre-profit. I said, well, if you're pre-profit, you need to take your precious capital and prove yourself in the marketplace make yeah. sure that you have a a steady business a healthy business and come call me in 3 or 4 years when you're ready and then mm-hmm. and then we'll do it but mm-hmm. so so there's no there's no restriction the SBA doesn't have any restriction that happens to be one of the, the programs I work with is the SBA 504 I'm kind of known as the the 504 guy it's not just May the 4th it's actually 504 day as well, by the way, just so you know. Fifth, fifth, oh, it's, a it's a double good day. It's yeah. a double good day. Wow. Double whammy.
1: That's right. That's right. Right. Um, the uh, the business that you're in, how long have you been in this particular business? Because you said you've been in several.
4: Yeah, I've, I've uh, my, my current company is Fountainhead Commercial Capital. Um, we're locally based here in Maitland. We've been around for, this will be our third year. Uh, I sold my last company, which was known as Mercantile Capital Corporation. I started that back in 'o two. I actually sold it to a local bank. Um, so you're in the same business? In the same business, been doing this for over 20 years. You like
3: money, don't you?
4: Uh, sure. Who doesn't? It's yeah. <laughs> a financial
3: institution.
4: Yeah, that's right. Well, no, I, I was. I'm, I'm just passionate about helping to create wealth for our, yeah. for our small business clients. So we lend all around the country. I'm I'm probably in some respects more known outside of Orlando than I am inside inside yeah. of Orlando. Yeah, we're gonna to get to that. Yeah. Do um, you do have a local phone number? Of course. Yep. It is
1: four zero seven two three three one five zero four. I mean, this guy's got the lifeblood. He's got the capital, right? Uh, to help. Yeah. To help help you grow. Not to help you get started, but to help you grow when that's you've right. proven that you've got a business yeah, that's viable. That's right. Got to For, get past the startup stage. Yep. Four zero seven two three three one five zero four 233 1504 Fountainhead504.com. You write out Fountainhead and then the numbers 504.com. Um, and so... You you said you sold the, your last one to a bank? I did, yeah. B- didn't they make you sign a non-competitive contract or something like that? Uh,
4: they hmm. did. I was under an agreement for a little while, and then I tried to buy my baby back, spin it back out, and uh, they were too busy trying to sell the bank, which they did. Uh, sort of oh. gratifyingly, I, I launched Fountainhead about 60 days before they consummated the sale of the bank. So uh, <laughs> I was right? back in it again, and then I'm doing it now, and we're we're doing it much, much faster and better than we ever did. We've expanded. Uh, sort of our offerings from what I did in the past, and uh, I'm I'm literally having the best time of my business life.
3: So you
2: learned a lot from your experiences earlier. You
4: always learn a lot. I don't yeah. think there's mistakes or failures. There's just lessons. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
2: And I was mentioning to you, uh, uh, Rich, that we had an article on our wall in the mod office that had an article about Chris and the 504 yeah. loans because if anyone came in to score or the National Entrepreneur Center and said, "Hey, I need money," which is about everybody, <laughs> <Right>. uh, we. <laughs> We'd say, well, if you're looking for the 504 programs, you go to Chris Hearn.
4: Yeah, I hear that a lot. I've kind of been accused of being uh, the Pied Piper of that program, the evangelist. uh, That's why I've testified before Congress a couple of times, written the only book on the subject matter. So, yeah, yeah, it didn't quite have the, uh, the cachet before I started marketing the hell out of it probably 20 some years ago i, I yeah. think we have that
1: cool. book in the score offices
2: mm, wouldn't, yeah.
4: wouldn't shock me yeah. yeah yeah i've spoken many times at score events yeah
1: and i was going to ask you uh do you work directly with score
4: uh i will i mean i i get calls maybe once every uh month or so from a, a score counselor from you know somewhere around the country and they'll call me and say hey what do you think of this? Who? What can we do here? And, yeah, I'd be happy to help him. I, uh, I knew Bob Shepard real well. He used to be at the, the oh local my school. Oh, you're, you're
2: talking to the Bob Shepard Award winner, right? That's me. That's right. I was
1: going to say, isn't that the fellow that you got the yeah. And he, what was his uh, distinction?
3: He was a chapter chair, and That's right. he uh, appointed me
2: chapter chair after him. He also led the chapter, the Orlando chapter, to the
1: chapter of the year back,
2: chapter
4: I think in of 2005. Right. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, once again, we're speaking with Chris Hearn, Fountainhead 504com dot com four zero seven two three three one five zero four. We've just had uh, we have a uh, uh, just a minute here. You said you're located in Maitland, is that I am. right? Yep. Okay. And so uh, if there's somebody here locally, they can actually visit with you face to face.
4: Love to see people face to face. Yeah, we don't see too many, but we we, but we happy we're happy
1: to. Uh-huh. Okay, as you said, because you're nationwide.
4: Yeah, we deal over the phone, the fax, and the email all day long.
1: Okay. Hmm. All right. And once again, orlando.score.org is where you can register for BizFest. Don't forget, this is Last Call for BizFest, May the 9th, Tuesday. You are invited. Love to see you out there. And it is going to be a a really fun day. It surely is. There's there's over 350 registered already. Wow. So it's going to be a record turnout, sounds like. I think it's gonna be really good. Yeah. Okay. Be there. All right. And I hope be, square. All right. <laughs> I hope you'll be there on the other side of the break that we have to take right now, but we'll be right back with more of what's the score. Welcome back to What's the Score? The show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And talking about winning combination, there's no better winning combination than Score to help and you out with advice. Right, and you And Chris Hearn to help you out with some bucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the business that he's in. He's a direct lender. And uh, I want to talk to you about uh, your book and some other things. But uh, you mentioned that your business is, is expanding. Yes, Is that because the economy is doing better or just you're somehow better than everybody else at what you're doing right now?
4: Well, in my humble opinion... Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's an answer (laughs) Yeah uh, No, some of it's strategic in terms of what we're doing And and how we're, some of the new initiatives New developments that we've got going on Um, The economy's helping a little bit I mean, I think it's slightly better than just stable It's been stable for a few years now So that's always a a little bit of wind in our sails But Mm -hmm. yeah, we've got a lot of A lot of big plans that are on the horizon That are coming out later this year
1: Well, I would think I would think that, that you, your business Your industry Mm -hmm. would be an excellent gauge uh, as to what's coming over the horizon with the economy and where we're going right now. Because business owners out there kind of last eight years, correct me if I'm wrong, last maybe eight or ten years, have been sort of sitting around on their hands, Mm kind of waiting, not really wanting to make big decisions. Yep. And if they begin to do that, you're going to see it. That's right. They're going to come to you for the capital to implement it and, it, it, of course, that'll be a, a, a great indicator for where we're going.
4: Oh, yeah, No, that's definitely the case. I, I, you're 100% correct. The last eight to ten years, people have been on the sidelines. People have been wondering what's going to go on. They haven't made some of the investments, the reinvestments in their businesses that they perhaps could, uh, investing in assets, whether it's real estate or equipment or hiring or you know marketing plans or all these different things. I really think that during you know, post-recession Um, You know, you had a a pretty vital part of the economy that sort of also stayed on the sidelines with small and mid-sized companies, which Mm. was the banks, because of the the turbulence and the unknown and the uncertainty about about regulations that were out there. So unlike just about every other recovery that we've ever had from recession – this is the first time that uh, you know you've seen this non-participation. Now the banks the last few years obviously have gotten a lot more aggressive and have gotten a lot more involved. And now it's really comes down, in my opinion, to the business owners themselves. Is is it is it you know they're kind of dipping their toe in the water. Is it is the time right you know um, you know because if if we don't get some changes in Washington, then you know maybe they don't want to stick their necks out and take those calculated risks uh, you know only to end up. You know, paying more in taxes or having more regulations or whatever the issue that's been the limiting factor. I think these are things that definitely play onto the small business owner's mind.
3: Chris, can you explain the uh, 504 SBA loan sure. program?
4: sure sure yeah it's a it 's a program uh, it 's been around almost uh, in various iterations for about thirty seven years mm-hmm. okay current form it 's been around for about thirty four years it 's a program that 's designed to buy owner occupied commercial real estate and or heavy equipment
3: owner occupied
4: owner okay. occupied and right. what they mean by that is fifty one percent simple majority uh-huh. the business owner the physician who wants to buy his medical office building. The manufacturer who wants to buy his big uh, industrial yeah. warehouse building. So,
1: in other words, they can rent part of it out, but they have to occupy at least fifty-one percent. That's
4: a that's a, a stipulation by the SBA, the regs in the SBA, mm-hmm. um, because the view is that it's slightly less risky if it's an owner occupied property mm-hmm. as opposed to a purely speculative investment property. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of these loans have a government guaranteed on on them. So, yep. we obviously don't want to put the U.S. taxpayer dollars at, at risk when we when we do this. So, to, back to your question, the five hundred four is structured kind of like the name sounds 504 there's a 50% first lien loan there's a 40% a 40% second lien loan and then there's generally 10% borrower equity down payment that's how most SBA 504 loans are structured so a first lien a second lien and and then, then the borrower's yeah. equity yeah. The second lien is what I've often called the best-kept secret in commercial financing because that actually has the full faith and credit guarantee of the U.S. government, 100% guarantee on that and piece. On the 40%? On the 40% second second lien piece. Nice. And that is because there's been monthly for 34-plus years uninterrupted monthly SBA bond sales, which is effectively what those proceeds are. And because they have the guarantee of the U.S. government on them, the bond holders, the buyers of those, are actually accepting a lower yield, which they pass along to the small business owner. So for instance, this month, you're about 4.6% fixed for 20 years. So wow, it's a below market, long-term yeah. fixed rate financing. This sounds That's right. like a
2: very safe loan, though, for the lender.
4: It is a very safe it. loan for the lender because what happens is a lender like me will make the first lien loan, will do what's called an interim second lien loan because the bond proceeds aren't there, right? Because you want to close your loan tomorrow on May 5th, for instance. Well, the bond sale's happening next week so we didn't have time to get your loan in the bond sale. So now you've got to wait until... May June. So we've got we got to bridge that gap and we make an interim second loan until the SBA bond funds the middle of every month and then they take us out of the interim second and we're left with that fifty percent first lien loan. Very mm-hmm. low risk, very regular or regulator friendly um, you know, it's just uh, it's a it's a very high quality asset, very low, low uh, credit risk.
2: And it, do you see that there's a lot more growth in, in lending this 504 over the last, let's say, five years?
4: Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the all the SBA programs uh, struggled a little bit coming out of the recession. What you saw was the, the sort of the well-known other program called the 7A, which has a lot broader use of proceeds. You can do business acquisitions with it, working capital, mm. debt Hiring. consolidation, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. That program, um, I would say, has had a lot more growth, mostly because there's a very vibrant secondary market where they sell off that government guarantee, uh, the 75% government guarantee on SBA 7A loans. You don't have quite as vibrant of a secondary market. In fact, we're trying to revitalize it ourselves um, for the SBA 504s for that first lien loan, but it's coming uh, slowly but surely, but I think you've seen the 7A uh, outpace the 504 as a result of the secondary market there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a shame because for fixed assets, you really want to match fixed interest rates, and predominantly SBA 7A loans are variable, floating interest rates. And so you know, none of us in this room would want to get a, a floating interest rate that's going to change whenever whenever the yeah. indexes change right. on a fixed asset yeah. like our real estate. So that's so I think it's uh, it's catching up now that we're in a rising interest rate environment. I think you're going to see a slight rebalance towards the 504 when it relates to real estate only transactions. I, I think
2: it's a good loan okay. for people who, yeah. who really want to not lease property but just oh, yeah. own their own yeah. well,
1: commercial
4: course. property. Of course, yeah. now
1: you don't work directly for the, the SBA, SBA, correct. Mm-hmm.
4: No, right. I don't, but I, I can't do a 504 loan without working with the SBA through what's called a Certified Development Company, a CDC. There's about 240 of them around the country.
1: Okay, so you work more or less on, on behalf of the SBA and your client. That's right. Sort of hooking them together, and making Absolutely. sure uh, all the I's are you know dotted Not and T's am the Thank I'm you. the guy that puts it all together. That's right. Okay. That's right. Hey, that, that's yeah. what I was getting to. You know, Ed Ramos...
4: Yeah, I know, Ed. Yeah, sure.
1: he's, he's with the SBA here mm-hmm. in the Orlando yep. office. Yep. And uh, But you can work with an SBA office anywhere in the country, evidently, right?
4: We can, and actually 504 loans have been centralized. They have one processing center out in Sacramento, California. It's been that way for probably, oh boy, eight, nine years, I oh. think, at this point. Was that a good step? Um, it was. It's, uh, it's been a little dicey lately. They've slowed down a little bit in terms of their approvals, in terms of the approval processing time. Uh, when they first did it, it was dynamite because prior to that, you had to go to the district offices. There was you know, roughly 100 US, uh, U.S. SBA district offices, two in each state. And, um, you know, sometimes it could get slowed down because somebody was taking a vacation or whatever the case is. Out in well, Sacramento, it moves much quicker.
1: I see. Uh, have you had an opportunity to meet with the new SBA administrator?
4: I haven't met, uh, Mrs. McMahon yet, but I, uh, I had an op ed piece that ran earlier this week. I gave her seven very good ways to, uh, to help tweak the SBA 504 loan program to improve it and, okay. uh, and help stimulate nice. the U.S. economy. Nice. So I haven't heard from her. Um, you know, I do well, hear from you, folks you in Washington guys, pretty uh, regularly, but yeah. Rich and
2: Chris are now best well, friends with Linda. She, right.
4: is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, she was actually in she town was here.
1: Uh, a Don't weeks. say
4: anything against her husband. You got to be very careful with her. I think. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. She knows how to take care of business. I right? think so. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she was in town a couple of weeks ago and actually uh, on sort of a fact finding mission. Oh, good. Uh, good. Business, she held a Hispanic business roundtable. And the focus more was she wanted to hear from them what their ideas were were what they're up against the obstacles that they're facing so i'm sure she's very open to that but as a matter of fact i caught her on uh uh, i think it was msnbc or fox uh uh, one early one morning this past week that she's she's doing the same thing and she reeled off five or six more cities that she's going to so she's doing a lot of that going around local sba offices Good. Hearing from the, gr- the grassroots. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your, ti- your comments are timely.
4: Well, I did that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's no. National Small Business Week, yeah. and it's 504 day, so why wouldn't I uh, put this stuff out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So now we know where the Fountainhead 504 That's exactly comes right. in. Where's the Fountainhead come from?
4: Uh, well, you know, if you sounds look, like a rock band or something, yeah, like that. yeah, I get, I get a lot of weird, weird, uh, you know, ideas about that. I mean, uh, it, it if you look in the dictionary, a fountainhead is, it actually is an abundant source. It's yeah. a place where things come from. Like you, you may think of like those, uh, you know, like in a garden, you'll see mm-hmm. like a lion yeah. head and then yeah. water shooting the water out their mouth. That's down. a fountainhead. However, there's also sort of a secondary thing, which is a lot of people think, um, you know, it means I'm a, I'm a huge Ayn Rand fan. I'm a bit of an Ayn Rand fan. I'm not, I don't believe everything that she uh, that she's espoused, but uh, it certainly doesn't help that I work with people who feel like they pull themselves up by the bootstraps, that they're kind of Davids against Goliath, and uh, so that resonates with some folks, depending on where you're, where you're at on the spectrum. Right, mm. okay, so mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I can certainly see like the water gushing out of the fountainhead yep. because it, that is the source of life. That's and, right. uh, and, and what you have is gushing as capital, which That's is right. the source of a business. That's right. And is, is do you? Only do SBA five hundred fours?
4: No, right right now we do SBA five hundred fours and we do a low LTV conventional loan around the country as well. Um, mm. We mostly compete against other banks and credit unions. Um, don't compete a lot against other SBA lenders very often because most other SBA lenders do the seven A loan, which which currently we we don't do. Okay. Um, I've been, made a bit of a name for myself as the five hundred four guy, so I, I tend to stick to my <laughs> my knitting.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. one thing McMahon, Mrs. McMahon said when she was here is. Uh, so they had a bad experience, sort of venturing off onto something yeah. else. Anyway, go ahead, Rich.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, how long now does it take to get a five hundred four approved and through the process? Our record uh, is
4: twenty six days. Twenty six. Yeah. Oh, my which God, I God, think it used would... to be months. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of myths and misperceptions about SBA lending out there, and it's it's really unfortunate and. Uh, you know, I, I have I've been doing this now for 20 years and I've seen massive progress in the SBA programs in terms of speed uh, of approvals. Um, you're right. M- you know, years ago, it could take months. Yeah. That's right. And frankly, if you're not working with the right lender, if you're not working with a specialist. Uh, you're going to be a guinea pig for them. And I've heard horror stories about things taking yeah. three, four, six months, whatever it is. But no, our our average deal takes about 40 days from start to finish, which is usually uh, well within the bounds of a, of a commercial real estate contract on real estate. That's great. Yeah. That is great.
1: OK, once again, today we're speaking with Chris Hearn, Fountainhead504.com. Spill out Fountainhead, then the numbers 504.com. His phone number is 407-233-1504. He is a national direct lender and specializes in 504 SBA loans. Do you have so- any money with you? Yeah, it's out out in the trunk. We'll have to talk about it later. All right, and we're going to be talking about uh, his uh, book as well. So uh, stick around for more of What's the Score. We'll be right back. And please don't forget to like us on Facebook. Right, Rich? Yes, sir. That's Orlando Score on Facebook, Orlando.score.org. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Christopher Hart here along with Rich Jakel and David Hyland from Score are in with us today, is in with us today, along with Chris Hearn, author of a book on 504 loans? Uh, pretty much. It's called The Entrepreneur's Secret to Creating Wealth. The Entrepreneur's oh. Secret to Creating Wealth. That's a catchy little title. And uh, It's been
4: about five years since it came out, but it was an Amazon bestseller back in the day.
1: And yeah. people can still go there and get oh, yeah. it right yeah,
4: yeah I, I think they're reselling it should uh, should have done a should have uh, been involved in that market there' other books that you've written no is that, is i've I've been in probably 11 or 12 books okay. in terms of being quoted or a story or something like that that you but,
2: contributed to yeah,
4: yeah well or or somebody just you know cited me or quoted me a, a, on a story yeah
1: about yeah. lending.
4: All sorts of things. Lending, commercial lending, uh, just small business success, entrepreneurship in general. I mean, a variety of different things. Yeah. yeah.
3: And you know how many entrepreneurs fail in the first three years, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. it's
3: uh, It can be pretty high. Yeah, like yeah. 65%.
2: Yeah, yeah. Especially the restaurant business. Oh, Whoa. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, do you Speaking of that, is are there particular industries that you shy away yeah. from?
4: Uh, that one? <laughs> Restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if I'm going to finance a restaurant acquisition or refinance, it's probably going to be a franchise um, because the, con- the, the theory being that there's a, you know, there's a proven business system in place mm-hmm. with a franchise. Uh, very, very speculative. If Do you franchises
2: just... go for 504 type loans?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, right. done, I've done, I've done, I've probably done about eight or nine dozen Are they done different franchises. done at the, franchises. Uh, the national
2: level of the franchise or by the franchisee?
4: Oh, it would be the franchisee, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't finance the franchisor, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I tend to stick away from, stay away from a certain um, really highly special use property types. I generally don't lend in in uh, in very rural locations. I tend to stay urban and suburban because, of course, if I have to take the property back, it's going to elongate my ability to well, liquidate. Let's, let's
2: say, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, Rich was going to open up a pub, yeah, and he wanted to build uh, it from scratch, yeah. Would that be a good business?
4: Uh, Maybe. I mean, there's just so many variables that go into what makes a good business or not. I'd probably be a better client than I would a lender.
1: Well, but I think it would be a good business. <laughs> <laughs> you said you testified before Congress. Yeah, yeah Why a couple were you, times. Well, usually yeah. people dread testifying before Congress, and they, they end up taking the Fifth Amendment or something. Why no, why? no, no, but no. I, I take it you were up there in an advisory
4: capacity. I was, ca- I was. Capacity. Yes. A lot of
1: people don't realize that a lot of people, most people actually, that testify before Congress, they're they're either at the request of Congress or their own request to educate That's
4: exactly Congress. right. Yeah. I mean, as a yeah, congressman. I, that's right. I've testified before the Senate Small Business Committee uh, as a thought leader, uh, obviously in the industry, making suggestions on improvements to the program. I've I've uh, submitted written testimony to the House uh, Small Business Committee as well. Hmm. Um, you know, I've 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 been up to Washington many many times. You know, lobbying representatives, trying to educate them. Again, like I said earlier, there's a lot of myths and misperceptions about the SBA, about SBA lending. I'm of the opinion it happens to be one of the most efficient. Federal programs that we have, federal federal uh, mm-hmm. agencies mm-hmm. that we have, in terms of bang for the buck. I mean, they in other have words,
1: doing what they're supposed to do. Well, well yeah. not
4: just doing what they're supposed to do, but obviously giving us as a return a, a significant return as taxpayers. I mean, there's plenty of other departments and agencies up there that are just a giant black hole that oh the money God, goes into you and are never gets so out right. of. It. Yep. But with SBA, Healthcare. I mean, you you it has less than a billion dollar budget for the agency itself. And yet, take last year, for instance, I mean, the agency uh, put out, what, 30-some billion dollars in financing to uh, America's small and mid-sized companies? Yeah. Which, Which that just has an effect, a multiplying effect when you think about it. Think of all the, the sales tax, the income tax, the state tax that's produced from all, all the jobs that are helped by that. I mean, it's significant. The multiplier that comes out of the SBA is 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 truly probably I think it makes it one of the best public private partnerships that we have and it's why we you know the SBA I mean Linda McMahon would tell you she, she her office gets uh, calls from from foreign uh, governments all the time about trying to model or duplicate what we've done with the SBA in other countries it is if if all programs in Washington worked as well as the SBA generally yeah. does I'm not saying they're perfect but in general I mean we would all be we'd be thrilled probably mm. wouldn't see the national debt anywhere close to what it's at
3: you uh, don't deal with nonprofits, do you?
4: I do not. No, the agency does not let us finance nonprofits. Okay. No, it has to be a privately held for profit business. Or a commercial, to, yeah. To, to be eligible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that, but that covers probably 97%. And it can't be a publicly owned company either. So it's privately oh, held. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. so, but that covers probably 97% of the businesses in America, yeah. which is yeah. remarkable. Mm hmm. You said you wrote an open letter mm-hmm. to uh,
1: Linda McMahon? Yeah,
4: I'm kind of prolific like that. Yeah.
1: Okay, all right. <laughs> you said there were, what, eight
4: or nine? I had seven suggestions, suggestions about, I can't remember the title. It was something about how she can smack down the economy. I, 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 sure. I worked a little wrestling thing in there, of course. Sure, sure. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, speaking her language, so Yeah, right, right. right. Well,
4: I wanted to get her attention. So, sure. Yeah.
1: Well, give us a couple, maybe two or three, the two, top two or three.
4: Uh, top two or three. I mean, um, because you just were bragging on the SBA. Yeah, no, pretty, no, no. Pretty, I pretty understand. Much. I understand. Well, w- one of the things that they, uh, they need to do a better job of is, um, is data collection. And what I mean by that is, um, what I do fundamentally with the SBA 504 program is I bring, I've often said this, I bring wall street type financing to main street businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the problem is that, 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 that's how it is in general, but, um, What we also do is we want to make sure that we're speaking a language of Wall Street, okay, as lenders. And what that means is the agency can do a better job of data collection, so that Wall Street can help with liquidity events, funding. Funding. What I mean by that is with securitizations, for instance, particularly with SBA five hundred four. Another another suggestion. And and by the way, they can just they can mandate that any of the lenders that participate in the SBA five hundred four program. You know, provide their, uh, you know, their default data or their liquidation data, their write off data. They Mm -hmm. don't currently do that. They only keep track on that second lien portion, the bond portion now. Well, that's, think about it. That's like half of the loan. That doesn't, that's not terribly effective. 40%. Right. right? So we could, that's one way to fix it. Another way to fix um, what they do is they need to get faster, frankly. I mean, I know we're pretty fast because we're specialists, we're national specialists at this. But, you know, when you can go online today and apply to an alternative, lender and get approved in a matter of minutes or hours, the agency needs to do a better job. They need to modernize in that regard. Uh, They can do better is my point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another suggestion I made was, you know, I I think the new administrator needs to be more of a champion of America's small businesses. See, uh, the politicians will say how great small businesses. We hear that all the time, but that's mostly rhetoric. Okay. There's no real unifying force in Washington That can get all. You can get the roofer in Rhode Island with, uh, you know, the manufacturer in Maine all singing from the same hymnal. It doesn't happen now if you're. if you're a defense contractor, it's really easy for you guys to get together and hire the lobbyist and, and make your say known in Washington. But it's really tough for the six and a half million small business owners in America who have employees to all be unified. I mean, there are some organizations out there who do a pretty good job, but they don't have nearly the impact that they probably should, which means, you know, organizations like NFIB, for instance, does a pretty good job. I've been long, long time I've been involved with them. The U.S. Chambers, okay, but you know, frankly, they're a little more focused on big business these days so where does that leave us mm-hmm. the one major advocate in washington comes down to the only agency in the u.s government that's dedicated exclusively to the concerns and needs of small, small businesses business. which yeah. is the sba so right. the sba administrator that's partly i think why uh former president obama elevated it to a cabinet level uh position because i think it is it's that significant
1: yeah and i think that type of person is what the current president was looking for when he chose Linda McMahon. I think so.
4: Yeah. Well she's a former business owner. So right. she's she's you know she's, she's signed the front page of checks before. Yeah. Not too she's many people have in that too. position. That's she, right. And, and, uh, she told
2: us all about yeah. she gave a pretty lengthy uh description of her business Now she started, how her husband and they was started with one desk in their what, their garage or their basement. Yeah garage. And built it from to what it is. And she seemed to be very sincere so so, well, and if you need, I, I you need, think so. You need these advocates because she oh, seemed yeah, to she, take a real liking to these two guys. Well, here. She,
1: she was uh, that was after the presentation, yeah, that's right? <laughs> but no, she was she was very emphatic yeah. about sure. being passionate right. mm-hmm. about business and small business. Yep. She was very emphatic that President Trump is the same way. Yep. That they're on the same wavelength, that their families have known each other for a while, sure, right, and um, that it, uh, and then the the response. Uh, I was noting the response too, from, especially in the roundtable. They were very uh, open to this. They were very uh, appreciative of it. Uh, one woman was almost gushing. Uh, that uh, in the Hispanic yes, roundtable, roundtable okay. that that uh, this inspirational mm-hmm. person right. is, is now the head of the SBA and wanting to talk to them directly face to face.
4: Well, she's she's got the spirit of what the agency is for. Yeah. That's why it's so important. And and you know there there's some and I hate to bring it up, but I think it's important to do it. I mean, there are some folks on on the far end of the political spectrum that don't think the government should have such a thing as the SBA. And that's it's really true. unfortunate. It, it shows me their ignorance because they don't realize, and a lot of people don't know this, the SBA doesn't actually make loans right. unless there's yep. disaster. Okay, And I'm not so sure that's the best place that should be making disaster recovery loans. But nevertheless, what happens is bankers that participate, like myself, pay fees. Borrowers that participate in these loans, that get these loans, pay fees. And so these are actually a zero subsidy programs. That means they're budget neutral, which is all back to my point earlier about how effective the agency is. A lot of the people that can't stand government and certain things don't understand the impact that this program has. Mm -hmm. Heck, I wish we had this for a lot of federal programs. And they
3: pay for themselves. They do. They pay for
4: themselves more. And they actually produce a surplus for treasury yeah. Most of their 34 years, they've been around.
3: Unlike any other
4: agency. Unlike just about
1: it, any other agency. In other that words, right. they got, they're bringing money in instead of taking yeah, it out. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned, the, once again, to demonstrate the efficiency, is their operating budget is it's just under a billion dollars and yeah. yet last year they accounted for how much in loans
4: um last 33? time i checked yeah it was like 33 34 billion something like that
1: so they're working on a billion dollars and yet made 33 billion dollars
4: happen right but remember some of that 33 billion is also coming through it's all coming through the economy and it's helping to create other jobs. It really yeah. has a massive multiplying effect. It, and that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is
1: yep. the SBA is facilitating the movement of capital. No question. And in doing so, it is using the private economy mm-hmm. to help itself.
4: That's right. Well, and, and the other point is, I would say going back year, I've been doing this for almost 20 years or a little more than 20 years now. Way back, sometimes people thought of the SBA as a lender of last resort. This is right. where, you yep. know, if you were desperate and you're, ba- you know, Nobody 17 else. banks had right. said no to you, go get an SBA loan. That's not the case anymore. Okay. As a good friend of mine likes to say, the SBA didn't need a bailout during the recession. Okay. The SBA actually yeah. was accelerating through the recession. I think proved itself as one of the first-choice options that a lot of business owners should consider. I finance folks that are very, very bankable. They probably could get conventional financing, but they like the better terms and conditions that I can offer them.
1: Get a better deal. That's right. All right, if you want a better deal, Chris Hearn may be your man. Fountainhead504.com. 407-233-1504. 407-233-1504. You spell out Fountainhead, then the number 504.com, specializing in 504 SBA loans. All right. And I hope you'll come and uh, meet with us. And maybe we can talk more about this with you directly at BizFest. Once again, go to orlando.score.org to sign up soon. Right. We'll be right, right. back. <laughs> right. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to What's the Score? The show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And maybe that winning combination involves being on the radio. Here Chris Hearn is. This guy testified before Congress, got a best-selling book, and yet he's still smart enough to take advantage of radio. And that's because radio is still a great format to get your message to the people that you want to hear it. And with four great radio stations right here in the Orlando market with strong signals and FM simulcasting, Salem Media Group has it for you. And Bill Files is the man to talk to. He's the big dog here at the radio station. His phone phone number is 407-618-1760. Bill's been in radio all of his life. He's got a great team here, none better. 407-618-1760. Radio is efficient, it's affordable, and it's for you.
3: Yeah, and you know, I like the, the best thing about it is they will help you target your market and address them directly.
1: That's the advantage of having four powerful stations right. right here in the Central Florida market, one of the biggest markets in the country. They they are here to service you, and they'll take great care of you. All you got to do is come in and start talking. Matter of fact, if you want them to do the talking for you, They'll do that too. Four zero seven six one eight seventeen sixty. Bill Files is the man. Okay, uh, Chris Hearn. Uh, once again, now your your book. Once again, it was entrepreneurs. What
4: is it again? It's called the Entrepreneurs' Secret to Creating Wealth. I uh, came out with it back in twenty twelve. Actually.
1: All right, well, I don't want to spoil the ending of the book, but what's the secret? What is the book about?
4: (laughs) Well, it's five years old, so I guess we can spill the beans now. Um, It's it's exactly what I do for a living, which is I, I help entrepreneurs create wealth through commercial property ownership. I help them transition from when they started the business, and they probably started leasing their facility because they had to have that flexibility. I help them transition smartly into owning the commercial property, using SBA 504 financing, because I do think it is the best financing available out there for the typical small business owner. So I teach them how to do that, tell them everything they need to know about it. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, work on their inventory turns or their hiring practices or anything like that. This is a simple, easy wealth creation strategy. If you're paying X today leasing, you can probably own the property for less than that. Yeah, by, by and less time. And less time. What What uh. is the
2: uh, upward limit as far as the loan? Could we go out and buy the Empire State Building? Or
4: No, you probably going <laughs> not be able to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Disappoint. Um, so the, you remember I said about there's a first lien loan and a second lien loan. Right. That second lien loan is capped at $5 million for a typical project. It'll actually go to $5.5 if it's a manufacturer or what the SBA calls a green project, which I can explain yeah. further later. But you've got to kinda of work backwards from that. Because that has to be the forty percent. That's right. It has to be the forty percent. Can't be any more than the forty percent. So you have to kinda of work backwards from that. So for all intents and purposes. I mean, a $10, $12 million project is, is very doable. Um, my personal record is a $26.5 million project. Obviously, how do you get to a $26.5 million project? You have more than a 50% first lien loan. You have more than just 10 or 20% equity, and then you maximize that second lien loan from the SBA.
1: Wow. So. Nice. Now, I would think now is a good time to do this sort of thing with interest rates as low as they are.
4: Uh, I would think so. The historical average on commercial real estate over the last 50 years is about 8.5%. We've been well below that for quite some time. In other
1: words, that would be the, the average lending rate.
4: That's the average lending rate. That's right. Yeah. We're, you know, we're probably in, you know, depending on the property type, credit and everything else. I mean, you're probably in the sort of mid fours to mid sixes now, but that's up from where it was. It was in the low fours to high fives as recently as probably six to seven months ago. Wow. So interest rates are starting to move. Um, that's you know that's what the government does when they want it when they think that the economy is starting to to click again and they need to sort of take away the uh, the punch bowl from the party a little bit and cool things off. So that's what's happening. Yeah. But we so,
2: have we have a lot of uh, construction going on in our local area. Oh here. Oh my goodness, most and, I've uh, seen in my 20 years here. Exactly. So my question to you is, are you seeing that we might be getting to that over tipping point now as far as uh, raising the interest? Well, not only that, but that we're 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 putting too much inventory out there and we might get into a little bit of a
4: uh, I'm not so sure thought. i mean i know I know that some of the bears are saying that that are out there, but um you know, look back to the last eight years boy, there wasn't much of anything going on no i mean if no. anything, you could make the argument that we uh especially with the housing that we were underbuilding you know and we've got we've got a ways to go to actually you know make it up and and actually account for current demand i do think place sectors like multifamily i think that's getting a little bubbleish if i if i can be so bold but i think a lot of other things i don't i don't think we're quite there yet i mean a lot of people keep saying we're you know oh we're approaching the end of the cycle you know because this has been going but look this is a cycle that hasn't had the kind of recovery that previous cycles have had so maybe yeah. it means it's elongating the cycle you know, that's what I think that, that, may be happening.
1: That would be my thinking, is that there's probably a lot of pent-up demand. There's no question there is. Uh, because, as you said, it hasn't been
4: the normal that's recovery. Right. Well, you know, and, people have, uh, I've often called it recession fatigue. <laughs> you know, right. people, people are tired of, of right. uh, and, what they've and, been dealing with the last eight to ten and, years. And if
1: we really do get something out of Washington, maybe not huge, but something significant, uh, that pent-up demand may start to go into action
4: well i i agree i, th- I think the you know th- whatever your political beliefs i think the one thing we can probably all agree to, on is that this administration at least is very pro-business that's and it. what and what that means is that when you have that sort of a attitude change that allows some of these business owners who really have stayed on the sidelines a little bit i've often called this you know, there, there's a there's a term in economics called animal spirits, you know, that the, the Keynes came up, came up with back in the 30s, which is kind of that, you know, it's the confidence, it's the greed, it's the security, whatever you want to call it. These emotions that the willingness are, to take risk. Exactly. The things that you can't quantify, you know, on a, an econometric model. But when you have an environment where people think it's it's OK to take risks. You know, it calculated risk, by the way. There's a huge misconception sure. out there that all of us entrepreneurs are crazy risk takers. Going out That's rolling not the case dice at all. or something. Yeah. You're right. I mean, uh-huh. it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. But the point is, if we're in a era now where the business owner is looked upon as a solver of problems more so than perhaps the government or a bureaucrat. I think that's positive and I think you that's gonna result in more and more people coming off the sidelines. I mean, look, we're at we're at ten year lows in terms of business formations in this country right now. That's what you I know, mean. Yeah. You've gotta have the confidence to to go do these things, you know, to put a second on your house, to, to to go ahead and lever yourself up on your credit cards to start your business. I'm not saying that's the wisest decision, I'm just saying that's the reality a lot of the time.
3: They need to be motivated. That's what they need. Small well, businesses and have the capability to back up the motivation.
4: Well, it's not just motivation. It's obsession, I okay. would say. Obsession. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're not obsessed, I don't see how people, and, and, and super passionate, I don't see how you're going to be a success. You're going to be true. one of those restaurant owners that goes out of business six months after he, he signed right. the lease.
1: you, you got to be willing to eat beans and rice for a while. Yes, <laughs> uh, maybe, you, maybe you won't have to, noodles. but you've got to be willing to do it. <laughs> That's
4: right. That's right. And it's not yeah. for everybody. That's this right. is
1: not for everybody. Exactly. You know, there was a, 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 a positive uh, indicator for the future, if it holds true, a Poll came out recently. I believe it was Gallup. I, I might be wrong. It might have been Reuters. They, so many of them come out. I get them mixed up. Anyway, it was of millennials, mm-hmm. and forty percent of millennials are aiming at having their own business. Really? Yeah, that's tremendous. Forty percent is that typical amongst the overall population?
4: I, I would seem. I would think that's kind of high. I would assume that's high. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think we've had previous uh, generational cohorts that are that, are that high. um but I mean, I, that could that could be a real positive thing for this for this country. I my my feeling, of, you know, my feeling
2: about that, uh, Chris, is that uh, the millennials have seen where maybe their 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 parents or grandparents had stable jobs for a long time, or businesses, or, or businesses, yeah. and now there's kind of a there's a lot of transitioning because they say the average uh, kid, that gets out of high school or college now is going to have something like 14 different jobs, yeah. you know, whereas in the past, you know, like.
1: You could go to work for a factory for It'd all your entire, for your entire yeah. life. I
2: stuck for 15 years and two jobs. That sure. was it. Pretty so, much
1: government is the only place you can go get a lifetime job. Exactly. <laughs> no and, and,
2: and that might not even be the case for, for much longer. True. But I think that uh, people are looking, especially the millennials, they are looking at, I want to be in charge of my life. And yeah. and, and, I think,
1: and I think they have good role models in that regard. Uh, with, you know, they've got the movie made about Zuckerberg, mm-hmm.
4: Right. Yeah. Social network. Right. right. He's an
1: entrepreneur. Absolutely. So, you know, you got these great role
4: models who are saying, hey, I want to do that, too. You know, making these uh, young folks, which is great. No, I think it's a very positive. I think it's um, I think this attitude, I'm not sure where we got it from, but this attitude that you can get into a job, whether it's government or private sector and stay there for 30 years without really creating any value. Um, and that you should get, you know, higher uh, wages every year because of seniority. I, I'm not sure where that comes from. I mean, entrepreneurship is about value creation. And if people are that, if there's that many millennials that want to create something of value, I think that's a really positive thing yes. for us. Know?
1: Right. I, I tell you, you don't charge anybody if they just the initial consultation. <laughs> no, all right, all right, Chris. Herb I talk until man. my voice goes
4: out, which is usually another hour or two. And I just want to say,
1: enc- so we still can make it. Just want to <laughs> encourage people to, that there's no reason not to call and talk if they're consider if they have a viable business, right? And now this is the time they're considering expanding, or perhaps they didn't even think about. Uh, owner you know uh, uh owner operator type stuff yep uh Chris Hearn is the man fountainhead five o four dot com fountainhead five o four dot com 1504 and he is located here locally, so that's a benefit uh for us rich
3: yeah, yeah, and your whole thing is about lease to
1: owner.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want businesses starting out. It makes the most sense for them to, if they're going to have employees and they're going to have a place where their employees need to need to come together and 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 help create that value they probably need to lease the space right but after a few years all they're doing is getting their landlord wealthy as opposed right. to yeah. actually owning yep. that yeah. asset themselves and, and it's becoming just, a
1: landlord and, and becoming yeah.
4: their own landlord that's right paying themselves that monthly lease that's that's the whole secret of the book in, in essence but then you've got to do it the smart way you know you don't want to you don't want to put 20 thirty percent down which is what ordinary conventional banks require when they finance commercial real estate because all you've done is increase the Risk to you as the business owner by liquidating all your all your yeah, capital. That's, that's, you want to put as little down as in. possible. That's right. That's, that's where, where the five hundred four comes in.
1: Where you only have to put ten percent down. That's right. Well, Chris Hearn has been fascinating speaking with you today. We'll have to have you back again in the future. Thanks, Entra- guys. The Entrepreneur's Secret to Creating Wealth is the name of the book. You can go to Amazon and get it. And fountainhead504.com is his website. And once again, this is literally the last call for BizFest two thousand seventeen. This is it. All right. So once again, go to Orlando.score.org to register or just come on in and visit with us.
3: Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, our program manager, Pete Paquette, for acting as our engineer today.
1: Yeah, Way like to go, I said Pete. They have the best people here. They the do. The best radio people. <laughs> Is that the voice of
4: God? Yeah. Yeah. It That's sounds like Pete. it, doesn't it? Okay. It came
1: from above. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to have to get out of here today. But once again, thanks for telling your friends and family about the show. And please continue to do so. And like us on Facebook. Right, Rich? You like us on Facebook, baby. All right, and come on out and meet us at Biz Fest. And uh, once again, go to we'll Orlando. We'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. Orlando.score.com. .org, Orlando.score.org. That's May the 9th. Starts at noon. High noon. Our third anniversary, by the way. That's right. Okay, so David, Rich, great to see you guys again. Chris Hearn, once again, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks, Thank Chris. You. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of What's the Score? So we'll see you next week. See you. Bye.